What's up, y'all? Welcome to Honestly Truly, uh, our new podcast. My name is Antonio Lasanta, and this is my co-host. Hannah Ajrami. Yeah, uh, this is a new podcast that we're starting uh, about all things geek fandom. My producer just flashed her hands at us. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Louder? Okay, great. I literally just had a whole spiel about how yeah, about when the mics are on, I will start not mumbling. Mumbling. Um, but yeah, uh, this is our new thing, honestly, truly, uh, the, the name of which we'll get into some other time, but today we are going through our top 10 list of 2022, sort of a recap. We're recording this on December 30th, 2022. It'll probably come out next year in 2023. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we're talking about all things fandom, geek nerd sort of just a formalization of conversations we already have yeah yeah that was the idea of of where this pod came out of is because all we do is talk about this stuff honestly um for hours on end Uh, we promise we won't spend hours on end talking about this in one episode but we have a lot of exciting ideas strong opinions yeah very strong opinions (laughs) um and so today we're talking we're we're going to be recapping our top 10 um we are recording this pod in a lovely roastery that belongs to many worlds tavern if you haven't heard of them they specialize in specialty coffee and tea they're kind of themed around tabletop games and board games and just you know a nerdy lifestyle tea for the tabletop uh right now we're drinking an earl gray it's called hazy hills you can go to their website it's all online it's delicious it's delicious it is it's like really all of their stuff is really fucking <laughs> but yeah so that's what we're drinking there are there are a healthy sponsor for and today. definitely follow them on Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. Um, they've been doing a really cool series lately about like answering coffee questions about brewing and stuff. So definitely check them out. They're they're great great people to follow. Yeah. So I guess we just jump yeah, right in. So I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage because I already sent Antonio my she top did. ten. So he has a she pretty did. general idea of what's on my list. I would have I sent really, I would have sent you mine, but you I were asked, like a, I asked him not yeah. to. Yeah, I wanted to be surprised. So. Yeah um how do you want to do this just starting at 10 i think we start at 10 i think the rules are so we have 10 a list of 10 one of them on each of our lists is a wild card so that means it could be something not nerdy Mm -hmm. something that we just really liked in 2022 in media or it could i don't know it could just be some yeah it's just a wild card um (laughs) anything goes i think if we get to one that that you have on your list that I also have on my mm-hmm. list, we can maybe wait. Wait until it's until, at the higher one. Yeah. yeah that's a good To talk okay. about it. Okay. Um, cool. But would you like to start first? I can start. Okay. Uh, so yeah. my uh, number 10 is Chainsaw Man. Uh, that's my number 10. No way. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Perfect, cool. Perfect. Cool. Amazing. Um, yeah. So this is a manga that's been out for a while, but the first season uh, just wrapped up last week, I think this past Tuesday. Um, and we've been watching it with a group of our friends. Um, I've really been enjoying it. The animation, as always, anything from Mappa is going to be yeah. stunning. But I really, in particular, what I really like about this anime is that, uh, you know, there's always the trope of, like, animes treat female characters really weird. <laughs> but I think that this show kind of turns that on its head in a really new and interesting and fresh way. And um, I think that the kind of general insidiousness and, like, groundedness of the story uh, really lends itself, even though it's pretty generally comedic and yeah. lighthearted. Yeah, I feel like Denji is like a great MC and also like Shonen is really popular. Yeah, yeah. And very Shonen popular. has like it's like the same tropes over right. and over again. And I feel like Chainsaw Man is really good at subverting that at every yeah. single turn. Like there's moments where you're like, oh, okay, I see, I see Denji mm-hmm. and Power and Aki, and it's like, oh, it's the trio, oh, it's the, trio, yeah. it's the Team Seven, it's the right. you know the Jujutsu right. Kaisen exactly, trio, yeah. Naruto trio, but then they're also distinct, and their so relationships distinct. are yeah. so so interesting. They don't, different. they're not like the immediate buddy buddy, like, no, found family kind of right. Thing. Well, and even between Denji and Aki, like mm-hmm. that initial sort of like and agonizing where he's like kicking him in the right nuts and it's like you're like oh okay i see where this relationship is going yeah. and then it's like completely it's completely different. not aki, what you're expecting aki yeah. has this like whole backstory yeah. and like um, um oh also I, sp- 
spoiler warning oh, for everything we for talk everything about. we're talking about everything yeah. we're talking about we'll try not to get too deep into like well <laughs> granular stuff but um yeah yeah i i especially i think in conjunction with jujitsu kaisen which is probably mappa's like other uh project that's gone really mainstream this year uh with the movie coming out and everything uh it's so interesting to see those like very similar tropes expressed in such a different way into this mm-hmm. so I really enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to the next season and I might actually start reading the manga. So yeah, it's great. And, and the animation is beautiful. Stunning. Yeah. They have, they have distinct outro credits for each episode. Like that level of detail is just insane. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure the MAPA staff is. uh, (laughs) Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) They're 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 carrying though. They're really carrying. Um, Okay. Okay. Number 10. That was our number 10. Solid. Chainsaw Man. (laughs) It's also like, it's kind of recency. We just finished it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I I felt like I couldn't like lean too heavy onto that recency bias. So I was like, I think 10 is like a solid spot. Agreed. Still processing the show. Okay. Number nine. Number nine. Okay. So my number nine is the return to publication of Saga, um, which is Uh, my favorite. It's my our favorite comic book. Bumping. Yes, our producer yeah, is face pumping. Fist pumping. Um, this is my, it's like my favorite comic of all time. It's Image Comics. It's written by Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, it's illustrated by Fiona Staples. It began serialization in March 2012. And it's like a lot of the like, I think when it when it came out, the um, a lot of the pull quotes were like, oh, it's, it's like Star Wars meets Game of Thrones. Right. And it's very much like, so it's about um, Marco and Alana, who are these two sort of like runaways from these long, warring extraterrestrial species in this like massive galaxy. Um, and they're both from each side of this war, um, but they fall in love and they run away. It's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet thing. And then they have a, a baby named Hazel, who is like a mix of both of them, right? Um, and so... The whole series is about them being on the run and both sides of the both sides of the war trying to find them and kind of control the narrative of like peace is possible. Mm. Um, and there's so many like different themes and the characters are so good and the art, Fiona Staples art is like so good. Um, and it's like, there's so much like, the things we love about Game of Thrones where it's like these morally great characters and like, you know, anybody can die at any moment. That, right. that does happen, but it's so good and they they went on a hiatus in 2018 in july and then there was the pandemic obviously yeah. <laughs> and so they just came back this year and it's like i didn't i didn't get into saga until 2018 which is kind of funny because it's like if you had been into it for a long time all of a sudden it just stopped right, <laughs> for <yeah>. like years <laughs> from 2018 to 2022 um and brian k vaughn there's like a letter that they pinned like when they were coming back they were like we probably lost like some readers but like mm. really excited to like keep going and like see yeah. us back um but yeah it started back in january so and it's like really good and and if you read it you know that like pre-hiatus the cliffhanger <laughs> the cliffhanger pre-hiatus is insane yeah. it like changes the entire series um, i have not read saga no but, but i'm being pitched right now yes yes <laughs> um it's it's amazing um and it's back on shelves and if you haven't read it you now is like a great time to start because yeah, it's, it's like reserialized and they are getting even deeper into the story yeah um but that's yeah. that's my number nine i love that yeah uh my number nine is uh the tv show that came out this year on apple tv severance uh starring adam scott truly horrifying um I work a corporate job, um, and uh, but I don't think you have to to really um, understand how horrifying the premise is. If you're not familiar, um, severance is a process that people can undergo in this world where um, you get a chip in your brain and geographically your memory kind of switches. So whenever you go into work, you don't remember anything about your outside life. And when you are outside, you remember anything about work. But what this means when you take this premise all the way to its conclusion is that the you that's at work is always at work. They never experience the outside world because when they get in the elevator, it switches to your outside self. Um, and so it's sort of exploring like, what does this mean for those people? Because they are sort of a separate people um, in this underground floor of this pharmaceutical company where our main character works and sort of 
unraveling the layers of that. Obviously, it's very insidious. Like, I'm always, I'm always down for like anti-corporate, anti-corporate yeah, stories. Yeah, no, of course. Um, and so, of course, the corporation is is evil and the bad guy and everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, true, true horror. It's and really it, pretty too. It's like, a, oh, it's a gorgeous. It's, the production design it's and stunning. Everything. I I love the. It's very um. To get a feel that's that clinical and unfeeling while still having details that are so interesting um, is, I think, a, a special kind of, of set design. Um, I've always kind of felt Adam Scott's face is kind of spooky, so this is like a cool uh, level of realizing that. But uh, yeah, just I, I'm a huge horror fan, and it's been a while since a show has come out that's mm. really like dug into that in a really satisfying and like suspenseful and gripping way um and the finale was of course a huge cliffhanger and so i'm waiting on the edge of my seat for yeah part two to come out but i'm only on episode three yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's just it's it's really good yeah from what i've seen and, and i very specifically did not mention any spoilers because i want every single person in my life in the world so to watch the show <laughs> yeah um so cool. yeah that's my number nine that's uh number nine. i thought it was i thought it was really really excellent um but not my favorite moment i'm looking forward to finishing it yeah eventually (laughs) um uh so number eight number eight you want to i have house of the dragon at number eight i don't know if it's on your list at all but okay so we will it's higher up though we will come back to it (laughs) interesting yeah i thought it would be higher (laughs) well what do you know um yeah my number eight is the batman okay i have that higher on my list okay we'll talk to it We'll we'll talk about it let's keep going uh Number seven. Okay, uh, you go first. My number seven is Dimension 20, uh, 20's A Court of Fame Flowers. Okay, mine is higher. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just keep moving. So we'll keep moving. My number seven is my wild card, actually. Oh. Um, and my wild card is, I want to make sure I get these these titles right. So my wild card is two things in conjunction. I'm doing a smuggle. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, it is the uh, the two video essays that came out in the same week. Uh, the Defunct Lands, uh, Disney Channel's theme, a history mystery and H bomber guys Roblox underscore oof dot mp3. Um, so I'm a big video essay person mm-hmm. in general, um, and it was just really amazing to me that these two <laughs> video essays that are essentially about the same topic, uh, but with wildly different conclusions, yeah. came out literally within days of each other. I'm pretty sure both have millions of views. The defunct land uh, went super viral. Super viral uh, a yeah. friend of yours is, yeah, a friend is of featured mine. in it, just, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, essentially both both video essays are sort of exploring and doing a deep dive into a very popular like soundbite. Um, Defunct Land is going into the da, 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 oh, Disney Channel yeah. theme um, and trying to find the, the artist who created it. And H-Bomber Guys is doing the Roblox death sound oof, uh, which ended up coming from a 2000s game called Messiah that was like truly terrible. But essentially... The premise of both of these videos is about like artists getting credit for their work and like how that can be buried, co-opted, um, you know, forgotten. And and what is the legacy of an artist when they put out a digital creation yeah. um, and how that can kind of get uh, taken over by other people or just completely lost to time. Um, and uh, Defunct Plans ends on a much more optimistic note. It's truly beautiful. Um, I, again, I don't want to get too far into it because I want I want people to watch it, but uh, and H-Bomber Guys is um, way more uh, Rage Against the Machine, anti-corporate stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my wild card. I have that at uh, number seven. Number seven? I truly, genuinely was delighted. I really enjoy long form content like that anyways mm-hmm. on YouTube. I'm a huge video essay fan. Um, I've watched, believe me, I've watched the four-hour Victoria's <laughs> Deep Dive, okay? And the part two four-hour Victoria's Deep Dive, okay? Uh, I also watched the Stephen Cat one. That creator truly is, all of his videos are a labor of love. But uh, yeah, that's my wild card. Better than me. I, I haven't, this year, Hannah indoctrinated me into um, a school of horror movies. Yeah. Um, so maybe your goal for next year is indoctrinating me into video, video essays. We'll see. Okay. I'll start my we'll list. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, okay. Cool. Well, my number six is my wild card. And it's, oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> it's the Percy Jackson and the Olympians teaser oh. trailer. <laughs> Wait, that's such a good one. <laughs> um, I, the whole time I was making this list, I was like, how do I get 
get this on here because <laughs> it did not come out this year. But it is the thing I am the most excited for probably the next yeah. five years. Yeah, um, absolutely. Little known fact. <laughs> um, I, I, so I'm obsessed with Percy Jackson and the Olympians, as most people in our age group are. Um, yeah. But I specifically, when I was in middle, like middle school, I went to a Percy Jackson and the Olympians LARP camp. It was called Camp Half-Blood. Um, so it was like very, because Rick Reardon, I believe, is from Texas or he like has lived in Texas in San, like San Antonio yeah. at some point. Um, but he like was very like aware of this camp and like was kind of like, he like fucked with it. it. Yeah. Approved of it? Um, awesome. And I spent two summers at this camp. It's in Austin. This place called the book people which is like a really cute bookstore but they had like sponsored it um i actually don't know if it's still going on but i went twice you might be getting a resurgence yeah yeah <laughs> so. i i i went twice i have the shirts i was in aries cabin shout out aries cabin um yeah and that was like some of the most fun i've ever had yeah. as a kid um i would have i would have committed felonies as like a we 11 yeah. to 19 year old i mean to present I mean, they day to the, go to that camp in the book in the book it's arguable that all of the, yeah all of the campers commit felonies, commit many atrocities felonies, yeah. um in the name of serving the greek gods uh, um but no it is quite literally the that was my our original idea yeah. for the first episode was what were our our nerd first obsessions and yeah. awakenings that was my like first obsession um, it like okay. spawned everything, huh? Are you talking about this? No, Percy Jackson. No. Yeah, I did write. I I did write. Okay, are we spilling all of our? We're, sp we're spilling all of our childhood. Like, okay. Yes, at one point in time, I was obsessed. I mean, I'm still obsessed with Pokemon, but I did. I did make my own. Uh, I, I I made my own like game guides. Yeah for pokemon games that don't exist except only in my head um but no percy jackson was like my first like real fandom thing yeah and i um i'm obsessed with it and when they were like hey we're making a tv show that's gonna be better than the movies and rick uncle rick is yeah. gonna be an actual part of yeah. it and i was and like black. yes <laughs> leia jeffries is playing annabeth walker scobell um is playing uh Percy and I, there was a really cool not to interrupt your whole spiel no, but there was please. a really cool like thing about a person who had read the Percy Jackson books and had always envisioned Annabeth as having braids because children of Athena are like meticulous and like um very detail oriented yeah. and like you know all that kind of stuff and so she was like yeah I just always pictured her as having like really meticulous yeah orderly braids like yeah. the whole time i was reading the books and i was like that's amazing that's such a cool read that's a great headcanon. um and it yeah. would be it would be really cool i mean they're gonna do a great work with this show regardless they're but... gonna kill like it's gonna yeah. be so good <laughs> they released the trailer if you haven't watched it what are you doing so go watch good. it it's only like a minute and a half <laughs> what was but... what is your twitter account like that that wasn't every tweet on your timeline yeah. for like two weeks yeah no because it's like <laughs> this is the moment and unfortunately it will not be probably coming out until yeah. 2024 and that's why it's my wild card um but i watched that teaser trailer i single-handedly am responsible for the millions of views <laughs> on that youtube video it's playing right um, now yeah it's, it's actually i have it on a loop uh, like how the barbs have uh nikki's music on loop um but yeah so that is my that's my wild card. Amazing. I'm very excited for that well, show. I have uh, Batman as number six. So oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Batman was my number eight. Yeah. Cool. Um, Matt Reeves, the Batman. Yeah. Uh, per perfect. Um, it was he was a perfect Robert Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> sad, sad emo rich boy. Yeah. Perfect Batman doesn't go in the light, has to wear sunglasses when he's in any kind of sunlight. Honestly, this could have made my list just from the absolutely stellar work that whatever set designer did on the Wayne Manor. Yeah. And like the gothic influences the gothic, and yeah. like even just the the little bits we see were so delicious. The score was incredible. The action set pieces were so exciting. The only reason it isn't higher on my list because I did enjoy it so much and we decided we were going to organize this list by overall 
enjoyment mm-hmm. um is the last half hour did kind of lose me but we get that mm. flare gun shot flare shot so that makes up for it yeah but it is long i saw it five times in the movie theaters <laughs> um because i saw this movie on opening night um i also saw it opening night it's directed by matt reeves uh, written by matt reeves and peter craig the music's composed by uh, Michael Giacchino, who like that that score that is score's amazing. So the good. first, the it's first like, like the first 10, 15 minutes when he is on Halloween and he starts yeah. narrating after the first scene with the Riddler, when he starts narrating and it's like he's talking about fear and like how he is like he's he is so the, night. He, the, <laughs> the, the fear that he he causes is so powerful that he makes them feel as if he's everywhere even when he's not. That was when I was like, this is the Batman movie I've always wanted to see. I'm a huge Arkham Asylum, Arkham City fan. And it felt like that to me. And I just think it was brilliant. I mean, that score was immediately iconic. It was immediate like Darth Vader death march. Yeah, it's really, it's it's fantastic. I would listen to that just like on the regular. Yeah. And also like. The reason I saw it five times was because I just wanted everyone to see it. Yeah. And I just wanted to see how everyone felt about yeah, it. Yeah. I will say it is long because the fifth time I was there, I was like, I'm yeah. sleepy because I already <laughs> yeah. I already know what's gonna happen. But yeah, it, it definitely But even if you're even if you're not even like zoned into the story, just watching yeah. the, the scenes play out is such a joy. The production design is like one of the highlights because yeah. it's like Gotham hasn't really like in the, in live action hasn't really felt like Gotham mm-hmm. since like the Tim Burton yeah. movies and like it's it's well, I have really a question there. for you actually as a huge Batman fan sure. how do you feel about the post credit scene with the Joker and the um, Joker possibly being in the next movie if there is a next movie well I thought I read somewhere that Matt Reeves was like yeah he said okay. he, he said he won't be in it he was like it was just there to be like there's other like there's other things happening like batman's like been doing this um i don't know i like barry keegan like yeah yeah, he's solid i mean and it also wasn't enough for me to be like have an opinion on his joker like Mm -hmm. it was very oh yeah yeah of course um and also like at that point in the movie was like over i was like yeah my opinion of it was like okay let's Uh, let's 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 wrap the movie up like you know what i mean um yeah but it was it was it was cool i mean i'm kind of I don't, this is not a hot take, I don't think, but I'm kind of tired of the Joker. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm very notoriously, very tangentially into superhero stuff. I watch like a few oh, yeah. movies here yeah. and there. I've never super been into the comics. But yeah, as like a casual fan, I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we have we have the Joker 2 coming out with Lady Gaga. So I'm like, <laughs> I think enough. I think one is enough. But it'll never be like that because you can't really like. Well, I mean, the Joker was made iconic by Heath Ledger's performance in yeah. Dark Knight, and I think yeah, every iteration. Shout out Jack Nicholson been. though. Shout out Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Well, as a in that performance. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, cool. it's solid. Yeah. That was an Great. early release though. Yeah. That's why I think it's so low on my list. Yeah. Same. 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 Um, um, okay, it, and then Quarter Fade Flowers is my number five. So. Okay, that's my number seven. Yeah. So cool. we can talk about that now. Oh, <laughs> let's talk about it. Uh, so Dimension 20 um, is a show that is on the previously College Humor, now Dropout streaming platform. Highly recommend getting a subscription. Yeah. Um, it's like $5 a month. It's yeah. really cheap and they have a real, lot of really good content on there. All but their stuff is amazing. Regardless of that, Dimension 20 is an actual play uh, tabletop show. Uh, and they're, one of their seasons that came out this year is called The Court of Fame Flowers. It was uh, game mastered by Abria Iyengar. And um, just had one of the best tables I think I've ever seen in any tabletop ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they kind of do an amalgamation of uh, Good Company. Is that what it's called? Um, Polite Company. I uh, think so. Something like that. Uh, which is like a, it's more of a LARPing thing. Um, and it's like based on Regency era sort of Bridgerton, Jane Austen vibes with uh, Dungeons and Dragons 5e system. Um, but the world that Abria Iyengar sets up, the way that everybody engages with it, I honestly wouldn't even call it an actual play. It's like literally just good society. Good society. That's what it is. Yeah. Good society is the other gaming system they use. Um, 
But yeah, I, I wouldn't even classify this as an actual play. I would literally just classify it as the most masterful collaborative storytelling I have ever borne witness to. It's... <laughs> oh my god. Because uh, let's see, we have we have Oscar Montoya, we have uh, Lou Wilson. Omar Nijem, yeah. uh, Lou Wilson, Emily Oxford, Serena Marie, Serena Marie, and Brennan Lee Mulligan. And Brennan Lee Mulligan, uh, who are all incredibly accomplished storytellers we're familiar with some of these cast members because they're uh, regular cast members on the dimension 20 show uh, but there were a few new faces on at the table and like specifically oscar montoya um and the the Eat story that. that his character engages with and and develops over the course and like oscar's taking these like huge risks these huge leaps with the narrative um and just like really just like making these decisions that for it and it was it was truly beautiful <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those because we we play a lot of D. we're very like huge ttrpg fans and we've watched a lot of dimension we'll 20 hours, um, and hours and hours, hours of, of content and i would uh, say if you're gonna watch this just know it's 10 episodes just know that it is 20 plus hours yeah um any actual play like yeah, it's episodes be like, pretty... like episodes are like two. <laughs> I think maybe one of the longest is like two and a half hours. Two and a half hours or so. Um, yeah, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. It's it, I cried multiple times. I was like gasping, like literally yeah. sitting on my couch, like oh, no way. Oh my god, I can't believe this yeah. is happening right now. And I think the rawness of of actual plays, and specifically like the Dimension Twenty blend of like comedy and entertainment and improv and like these moment to moment beats are so satisfying yeah. and so real because we're watching people have these interactions and these moments in like real time and it's just so delicious it's, it's like it's so all so good <laughs> and they all play off of each other so well yeah. and make such good choices yeah. that not only would you not expect but just feel right yeah um yeah i know that a lot of people like i know in in like adventure party and stuff brennan talks about how like sometimes people are like it feels scripted because right. it's so good <laughs> right. but it, that's like yeah it's, it's sometimes it feels scripted because they just are that good at in the moment storytelling yeah they're, they really they're they're so good at playing off each other it's like a very safe if like everybody they have a lot of safety tools and like you know coordinators on set specifically for that reason but like they're all very comfortable like nobody's afraid to feel stupid which is like something that i've always loved about ttrpgs and yeah. actual plays um but they're silly yeah. they're silliness. they're silly and it, it does it has a whimsical vibe i mean yeah. it's jane austen meets it's jane austen fairies meets, yeah meets, i i mean it's called the court of fame flowers to play off of i think the sarah day moss book books mm -hmm. um but that's not really why no it's really but and it's, it's my number five yeah it's my number seven you should yeah. check out all of their other stuff too okay Number five. Number five. Oh, okay. My number five is Hudson Hawk. Season. Oh, okay. Okay. So, which yeah. was your eight? Your eight. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I read Fire and Blood. I read all of Game of Thrones books. Well, I can't even say all anymore. I read all of the original series mm -hmm. up to what George's ended, mm -hmm. uh, as well as Fire and Blood. Huge Game of Thrones fan. Um, the only reason this wasn't higher on my list. Um, I actually texted Antonio before we recorded a couple days ago when I was trying to like organize things and I was like how are we organizing this is this based on like like how many criticisms I have about it how like blah 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 is this overall enjoyment and he was like let's just do overall enjoyment so that actually pushed it further down my list because I think that the highest highs of House of the Dragon beat out some of the like highs of other things on my list mm -hmm. but the lows drag it <laughs> pretty far down uh because I, I think also me reading fire and yeah Blood, it's excellent read it if you're interested in the game of thrones world at all read it it's delightful uh it reads like a gossip rag but um one thing we've talked about sort of in general with content this year is like we've gotten a lot of prequels and deciding where to start the story with a prequel is i think a really delicate process and i think that as far as house of the dragon goes i think they started in the wrong place Mm. I get why they started there, you know. <laughs> Rent was due, you know. <laughs> uh, lights were gonna be shut off. Water was gonna be shut off. They had one chance. Season eight. They had burned the fandom so bad. Uh, they yeah. really needed to kind of get to the point, and I understand that. But you you miss.
miss so much context going into it. And then in trying to give uh, show watchers only that context, it the pacing seems really weird. We lost characters really early on without like really getting a chance to invest in them. Um, the the time jumps, while I think necessary, were a little disorienting at first, but it still makes my list because performance-wise. Yeah. 12 out of 10. Yeah. Patty Constantine, Patty Constantine. deserves every award Emmy, that can be given to an actor. Every Emmy. Uh, it's He was so, so excellent. Um, Emma Darcy and Amelia Cook, obviously, incredible, incredible at their at their work. Um, I'm blanking true. on young Rhaenyra. Uh, Millie Alcock. Millie Alcock and, uh, was also truly excellent. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, and costume design, set design, really wonderful. Uh, but once again, they had those like age-old Game of Thrones problems, the pacing, the the lighting, the um, you know missing context and trying to like sort of rush it in under the wire type of thing. Mm. But overall. See, I <laughs> didn't read the book. Um, I think we had we I mean we had very similar feelings and criticisms about the entire season. Um, I think on my end, I so I I did like a pseudo Thrones rewatch like right because Hannah wasn't actually going to watch House, I wasn't of, the gonna watch House of the Dragon. Um, I was so mad about season. Eight. She wasn't going to watch it, but I texted her after the first two episodes, and I was like, I think you should watch this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's yeah. going to be pretty good. Um, and I do. I think it was good. I think it's at my number five because combined with the rewatch and also just like how often we were talking about it i was like this consumed my psyche yeah (laughs) yeah and um yeah i think that's why i put it higher because i was like i literally just like it was so much i mean in the show like out of the show it just like live texted every episode yeah (laughs) yeah three hour long conversations yeah and like we would just talk about it each week until the next one and i think in this day and age of streaming binge watching yeah. and stuff i think conversation is like currency yeah and being able to talk about a show for that long there's like there's several shows that like held the conversation this year yeah. and this was like one of the big ones as game of thrones right is. but like but like the fact i think also that the way season eight ended and the conversation like flipped around game of thrones yeah which is a legendary show it's like yeah television but like yeah i think for them to be able to come back and bring it back like instantly into the conversation and i will say it's still very fun um i watch a lot of tv and like non-fandom tv or like non-fantasy slash sci-fi and it's always very fun still to watch a show that like twitter is talking about that there's like all these memes all this like discourse and analysis and everything because even as a book reader i'm not somebody that like notices all these little tiny details and like watching a show and having that like larger community i mean like that's sort of what this whole podcast is about and like you know what fandoms are built off of is that sense of community and like being able to talk about something as it's coming out and and speculate on it and everything um yeah definitely really enjoyed definitely looking forward to season two yeah for sure. um hot take i'm definitely team allison but, same uh, I, I am also team don't Allison. don't crucify me i don't hate rhaenyra i love rhaenyra i love rhaenyra i love I rhaenyra just, and i support her but i, I also Allison have a little bit it's not even just sympathy like i genuinely admire her in certain aspects i think she's just blinded by um i understand it's the, the it's the it's the it's the rainice allison conversation over and over and over again it's the window in the cell versus breaking out allison you being in her feelings i get it i get why people don't i totally but again like everybody a lot of people criticize allison for her treatment of rhaenyra post met marrying her dad and everything but like yeah i get it <laughs> i get her she her was forced into anger that marriage and by her resentment pretty, pretty of her childhood friend but but yeah regardless that was my number five. Okay, number four. Should I explain that? Uh, yeah, you go. Okay. Um, my number four is season three of The Boys. Oh! <laughs> why did I forget that came out this year? I, yeah. <laughs> so much shit came out this year. I also forgot until I was, like, making my list, and I was like, I'm missing something. Yeah. And I was like, boys. This, I was, this was a really strong season. Season three was solid. Really strong. And, like, it's uh, on Amazon 
Dark Tower is on Prime. It's a superhero show. It's about superheroes. Um, it's developed by Eric Kripke. It's uh, it's based on the Boys comic by Garth Ennis, Jeff Robertson. Um, it's it's basically like what if superheroes were like very. It was like if we lived in the real world, yeah. superheroes would actually probably be terrible people. It's the meme um, of like when Spider Man destroys New York City. To yeah, it. it's like yeah, but all those people's houses and cars yeah. and like life and like um, lives were destroyed. Yeah, it stars Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Anthony Starr, whose performance is hilarious. Jack Quaid like, is my favorite Spider Man. I we're gonna, get, <laughs> we're gonna get into that conversation. No, he's a solid nepo baby. Like he he's he does the thing. Like his role in that show as Huey is like both like pathetic and yeah, also infuriating like and you're like great i get it uh yeah yeah absolutely the situations you're in are not he is, ideal he is the audience insert yeah he would be all of us in this um, situation but it's like it's so good and season three you watch the show and you're like this is ridiculous it's ridiculous um, all of the scenarios and like all of the gore and like the explicitness yeah. you're like this is wild um and then you're like i don't know like how they're gonna top that and then spoilers you get into the first episode of season three and a a ant-man comp uh superhero crawls into someone's urethra and uh and then explodes yeah because he sneezes yeah because Um, he's high on cocaine yeah and you're like oh okay (laughs) you're like okay so there's more there's more there's more to do and then they Um, go further yeah than that in the course hero gasm yeah it's um it's insane, but I think outside of all the the like shock value of all the gory and sex drugs, I think there is like performances in there that Absolutely. I think are on like it's some why of the best on the TV. shock value works. Otherwise it would just be, you know, silly. And it's real because like at the core it's called the boys for a reason. The the main group of right. people who are like anti superheroes. The boys. Well, I guess they're a plot yeah. in certain um they all have these conflicts with each other and i think that's like the central core of the show because it's like power just inevitably corrupts no matter like how righteous your yeah your um goals and i think that was a particular theme of this season yeah with butcher and with with them they they find the 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 v they find a substance that can give uh somebody temporary yeah for a short period of time to a pretty significant cost yeah but um huey's relationships taking a dive from that too because oh, he was su- he's such a huge crit- like, he's such a more def- like second critic of <laughs> yeah he, he he's so anti-soup in the first yeah. few seasons and then like he's starting to it's so funny stories. that i forget that i completely forgot about that in my top 10 because it has one of my favorite moments of the year which is the the entire arc that Frenchie oh, and, and, Kimiko. and Kimiko have yeah. throughout the season. With and the their musical little number. And, yeah, it's so uh, good. And going to Marseille and yeah. everything and the screen that they have. I think um, it's one of the shows together. that's like, it's one of those like show, genre television shows that's like really pushing. Really pushing, yeah. Uh, the boundaries of like But again, like it's, it's grounded enough that it works. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, that's, that's, yeah. that's a great pick. That I completely movie. forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I had to put it on there. Insane show. Delightful. Um, my number four is uh, Nope, the Jordan Peele film, one of the Jordan Peele films that came out this year, starring Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer. Um, fantastic. Uh, this ranks so high on my list because we were talking about overall enjoyment and that not final scene, but that you know climax scene where they're trying to get a shot of the stadium, and Daniel Kaluuya is on the horse racing down this field. The little like inflatable guys are rising and lowering. Um, they're they've just run out of film. They're trying to get this camera back up and running. Kiki Palmer is screaming. I that high. I was like tearing up and fist pumping and like gasping for breath all at the same time. I Jordan Peele is such a master, and he refines his craft with every film that he puts out. And this one is such a masterclass in suspense and elation. Um, well, you're a huge us fan. Huge, which is like not a hot take, but it's kind of like it huge. Literally, okay. So I, my sister and I have watched at a certain point had watched every horror movie on Netflix besides like the three like horrific ones. Um, and so we have a running list of like actually good horror movies, and us is number one on that list. I yeah, I I love that movie, and I think Nope 
might top it, not as a horror movie, because I wouldn't necessarily classify it as that, although there are some genuinely horrifying moments in this movie, uh, but this is, like, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, the Gordy scenes were incredible. Steven Yeun has an incredible performance in it as well. I like that the trailer was almost misleading and, like, where we as the audience were going to like sort of situate ourselves mm-hmm. in this story especially seeing all of the behind the scenes like practical effects stuff i'm a huge huge fan of practical effects uh and to know that jordan peele is also uh trying to incorporate that is is wonderful it was funny it was uh fun no it wasn't fun it was hilarious <laughs> it's really it's a it's a really great movie. nope was excellent also as somebody i'm from uh a smaller town in south texas I had a lot of friends that had ranches and horses, um, and I can I can speak to this accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> the horse people, yeah, cool, yeah. So that's my number. It's four. a great movie. Everyone should Wonderful. everyone should see it. Um, number three. Number three. My number three is God of War Ragnarok. Oh, <laughs> um, I should have known this would make your list. <laughs> so God of War, if you don't know what that is, is a um, it's a series of video games like early 2000s um came out on the ps2 playstation exclusive uh it's about kratos who is a oh there's a whole it's a whole story uh (laughs) kratos is like very much a demigod light um you do find out later that his dad is just he is an actor oh okay but um spoilers for the first three god of war games (laughs) if you ever gonna go back and play them but basically kratos is like he has a very haunted past he was tricked into slaying his family Ares and he goes on this whole quest to kill Ares and gain the powers of the god then he realizes gods are corrupt and tricking him he goes on this whole thing and slays all of the Greek gods right um but uh he is was very two-dimensional in the original game and in the 2018 god of war which was kind of a soft reboot they poured him over into the Norse into Norse mythology and the storytelling, like, I I always say, like, it's one of the best movies of the year, even though it's a video game, because it feels that cinematic. It's like it's like that traditional um, AAA cinematic narrative storytelling that video games have, like, kind of, like, been leaning into more and more as the years go by. But, like, this God, God of War Ragnarok is, like, you know, <laughs> I it's the first game I've platinumed in years. Uh, I It took me two weeks to finish it i plugged in about like 50 something hours i would stay up super late to finish it yeah um and it's just a master class in storytelling it, it has moments where the story isn't as cohesive as i think it could have been <laughs> but it's well worth the money like it it picks up right after the 2018 game it's it's amazing the narrative is amazing i think if you have the money and the time it's story it reveals your grief and coming of age and uh redemption and forgiveness and there's some like intense historical set pieces in the action the mechanics are really good they're tight it has some of the best gameplay i've played in like action adventure games um and i just would highly recommend it it's only on playstation so ps4 ps5 sorry xbox (laughs) um but yeah, I think it's my game of the year. I didn't play Elden Ring. Don't take it by me. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I love it so much. Yeah. It's my number three. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number three is Rings of Power. If you've ever seen the movie Rings of Power, Rings of Power. It's not on my list. <gasps> I knew you were. <laughs> oh my God. At all? No. I knew you were going to have that okay, reaction. I need to hear this rationale. Give your. Give your um reason for having okay, it Okay, uh, literally my notes, I say literally exhibit A, B, and C on why you should give nerds money uh, as my first bullet point. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's Amazon's cop for, for Game of Thrones. They wanted a big uh, franchise. Um, this is so funny. I knew you were going to have This is reaction. so funny. Oh, my gosh. This is the man who read uh, the I Lord did. of I read, the Rings. I did read the Lord of the Rings this, <laughs> this year. year. Um, so I'm very shocked. Uh, yeah, I thought that uh, sort of similar to House of the Dragon, 
um, there were some issues that I had with their narration that sort of um, gave me pause. But again, when we're going over overall enjoyment, the moment of like the creation of Mordor and like the volcanic explosion was so like heart poundingly good. Um, the performances were, moment. yeah, the performances are incredible. There were just these like moments of silence uh, and these like really intense conversations that I, I truly love. Um, <laughs> spoiler warning: um, the the reveal of yeah. of Sauron being Halbrand was something that you know had been speculated and like reinforced throughout the season, but the reveal was still really satisfying and really gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I loved every Elrond moment that we got. Uh, the set design and the costume design, all stunning, beautiful. I love I love seeing more about um, uh, like the Mind of Moria backstory and and uh, and and the dwarves and everything, but. Yeah, now I have to hear. I have to hear how this so, didn't make your top ten. So it is in my honorable mentions. Sure. Um, when I was putting my list together, I was so I was trying to go like as wide range as possible. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to see some other ones in books and and video games because it was like a huge year of TV Absolutely, and movies, yeah. and I was like overwhelmed by it. Like, oh my god, this list is literally just movies and TV. And yeah. I was like, that's not all. Like sure. you know a nerd and like consuming movies so that's like a big part of it was i was like i just want to put other <laughs> other on stuff here. on here okay um, okay i did i did really enjoy rings of power um there was i think some... my surprise lies more in that house of the dragon made it and rings of power didn't. yeah so for me house of, like in between you and me right we talked about both of them so much equally. endlessly yes yeah. <laughs> um but i think like in my own like cultural conversation thing house of the dragon just like consumed a little more of my like mind but rings of power is good i think if you are a fantasy nut you should watch it these are my bullet points so i already said these go to a b and c bullet point two lovingly created uh watching the creation of mordor had me literally screaming um also had premier tasting issues but so successful most of the time i barely noticed but my last bullet point the wandering song Mm. Uh, the wandering song brought me to tears multiple times um everything to do with the harfoots well not everything to do um i i am never going to connect as an oldest of the quiet rule following child i'm never going to connect to the music of Mjolnir. uh but i did i did love it so yeah. no i mean i think if i could have put a rondier yeah if i could have yeah. had a rondier okay. on my list as just, as just like the one thing sure. that um Oh, the way yeah. we were screaming. The way yeah. we were screaming over um, Rondier and Bronwyn constantly, constantly. I think I deleted them, but I had screenshots of our messages. It's so just funny. like <laughs> The inclusion of Ismael uh, Cruz Cordova in the show was really important to me. Absolutely. Um, and I could single-handedly have that as like really high on my list. Mm-hmm. But just like in the show as a whole, I don't know if the show is like, st- like stuck to me like sure. other things this year yeah. have. Um, so that's why it's okay. not, you know. Well, surprise um, for me, but I yeah, understand. Yeah, I get the rush. Right, and I want, like I said, I wanted to have room for other things that weren't just fantasy. No, I get there. that. I, I struggled with that myself. But I knew it was gonna be a face crack. Yeah. <laughs> but you should still watch it if you yeah, have the time. Absolutely. And if you can manage. If yeah. once you get through the you know two hundred plus hours of content we've already assigned you. Yeah. Um, okay. I think our one and two are swapped. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is this was difficult for me because they are almost the same. Assigning them was uh, yeah, was very difficult. It's valid. So my number two is Andor. My number one is Andor. And my number one my, is everything everywhere. All my else. number two is everything okay. Everywhere all at once. <laughs> um, so what order do we do this in? Maybe let's do maybe let's do everything everywhere all at once because I think we'll have a lot more to say about Andor. Yes, I agree. Okay, everything everywhere all at once. A movie by the Daniels came out this summer, starring uh, Michelle Yeoh. Kwan and Stephanie Sue. Yeah. We watched this together in the theaters. <laughs> Literally sobbing. <laughs> sobbing so hard. I I really went back to so I saw this four times in theaters, maybe five. Um I think I saw it three times. I, I saw this uh several times in theaters. I own it. I bought it as soon as it came to Amazon. Um I spent the twenty dollars <laughs> immediately. Um but I think as, you know, uh, 
children of immigrants or children of the diaspora or even just, you know, beyond like color or creed or, or, or you know, nationality having difficult parents is like <laughs> a very relatable premise. And, and then even beyond that, the the just like core tenet of like empathy and love and kindness, I think just hit so deeply and it was told in such a masterful way. Um, the performances were out of this world. The editing was incredible. Um, I can't believe that they did all of that with the budget that they had in a singular office building <laughs> with essentially, you know, a, a, a cast, a core cast of four people. Um, what else do I have to say? It's really guerrilla <laughs> filmmaking at its finest. Yeah. And it's also, um, I don't know, I forgot, it might have been like a letter they pinned, but they mm-hmm. talked about mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shire. After they beat the 834 gunman. Yeah, they talked yeah. about the space in their lives that they were in when they made the movie and when and how their lives were just changing so much yeah. and like they were having all these milestones and that like everything everywhere all at once was happening to them but they still felt like these like like holes yeah. these voids of a bagel um <laughs> yeah and how they poured that into the script and i just think it's so beautiful and it genuinely like if you have a movie where people are rocks and I'm crying my eyes out, I think you may have won. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like you've I, won, yeah, you've won the, I, the for the year. I cried every time I watched it. Like it wasn't even like a surprise type of thing. Like I, I've cried every single time I watched it, and not just like teared up, like cried. One thing about me is I'm gonna cry in a movie, but I'm always gonna cry when it's like a no man is an island type of thing like the connections and the bonds that we have with other people are yeah. like the most valuable currency we have in in our lives and everything and that's really like the core of what this movie is about but there were just so many it wasn't just like I think the overarching was between Michelle Yeoh's character and Sun Kissy who played mother and daughter but between her and her husband between her and her father between um Stephanie Su's character and her girlfriend even like these like tiny little snippets like her and her customers and her laundromat and everything and that laundry and taxes line i mean everybody's talking about like favorite line deliveries of of the year and everything and there have been some really incredible ones that no one is touching i would have loved in another life i would have loved to see laundry and taxes and i think that and i think the central tenet of like it's such a perfect movie inside of like also inside of like genre storytelling yeah. like this idea of like this multi-verse, multi-verse sci-fi story especially it's coming such a beautiful out sci-fi in movie. the same summer as yeah. Doctor Strange and also like all the choices you make affect you and like can lead you down different paths but like coming back and learning how to like love yourself and like love the people around yeah. you and enjoy life and embrace life in whatever timeline time you're where in it makes sense. yeah <laughs> it's so good it's so good it's so <laughs> okay your number two my number two your number one but again these were interchangeable for me because these were the only two items on my list where i had like literally zero notes commentary critiques anything they were perfect 10 out of 10 i'm gonna be so unobjective right now this is the best show of 2022 and one of the best shows that i have ever seen in my life i agree i'm not even a star wars nerd and i agree i'm a huge star wars nerd (laughs) and i as a lot of people have been having like you know genre fatigue um whether that's star wars or mcu dc whatever it's a lot right the genre is oversaturated i think we can all agree to that whether you like the stuff or not there's a lot of stuff coming out and a lot of it is kind of the same quality Mm -hmm. Um, which isn't necessarily the best quality. Because, I mean, I have not watched another Star Wars show. I didn't watch Mandalorian. Yeah. I didn't watch Boba Fett. I didn't watch Obi-Wan. I haven't watched the Han Solo movie. Like, I've watched... I've seen every piece of Star Wars media that I've watched the prequels. I watched the originals. I watched the first two of the sequels. I've seen the holiday special. Like, you know, it's like... <laughs> I I got indoctrinated into the Star Wars hive when I was, like, seven. Yeah. So, um, like... I... know it's for real. <laughs> <laughs> the show okay so andor uh created by yeah, tony yeah. tony gilroy who's a fucking master yeah um written by him dan gilroy like a literal 
amazing writer's room. Mm-hmm. Um, starring Diego Luna as Andor, uh, Cassian Andor reprising his role from Rogue One. Uh, Stone Skarsgård, who is just like... <laughs> Like, first of all, the whole Skarsgård family <laughs> chews. Yeah. They all chew. They eat up everything they do. We know this. No Bill, uh, uh, what's the, what's his brother's name from the Northmen? What is his name? Bro- Alexander. Alexander. Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, 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 yeah. Northmen. He, yeah. he killed it in succession. Yeah. Um, and then you have, like, uh, Fiona Shaw's in it. Uh, uh, Kyle Soller, who plays Cyril, is, like, so, like, I didn't know I... I didn't know I needed to see a space incel I, this year. Yeah. Um, and, and it truly um, is like the one of the most uncomfortable. Colin and oh, Andy Serkis. Andy yeah. Serkis, Kino yeah. Loy, which is funny because he already played Snoke in The Last yeah. Jedi. Um, and he was like, I'm going to come back and do something. Okay. We're going to get times really more into iconic. major spoilers, major spoilers, because there's no way we can talk about this and talk about the high points without spoiling it. But also watch Rogue One you know Cassie Andor dies. So <laughs> this is this is his life leading up to the events of Rogue One. Andor is a game changer. Like beyond Star Wars, I think it's a no, I think it's a genre television game like, changer. Like I mentioned earlier, we've gotten a lot of prequel content in general this year and in the last couple of years and and the starting point is so important and they started this story in the exact perfect spot because and I think that that also lends itself to the structure of Andor is these three episode arcs. There's 12 episodes in total. And each, the, it's sort of these little self-encapsulated stories within the entire season, which I think works really, really well and allows you to sort of have this like ground zero starting point. And there are time skips, but they don't feel as jarring or as disorienting as they did in a show like House of the Dragon because we're, it's like a different it feels like four movies yeah it feels like a 12 like a 12 episode and the thing is is like the show is so the show pushes the boundary obviously of what can be done in star wars like not only is it airtight like there's literally at no point in the story is there a point where i could be like if they did something different it would be better no every single choice in the show i'm like that's the correct choice and i think the true strength of andor is as a prequel series is that 99% 99% of the characters do not appear in any other Star Wars uh, narration, uh, specifically like in where we know the story ends up in the original trilogy. So like they have so much freedom. They have so much um, creative freedom with, with the stories that these characters have, but also with their intentions and, and their place in, in the rebellion before the first order was even a thing. Um, and so like, as a casual Star Wars viewer who has seen, you know, like the main movies, but not most of the Star Wars content. Like I know who Mon Mothma is, right? But mm. I don't really know anything about her yeah. beyond the fact that I knew she was in Rogue One and that she's a senator. <laughs> That's really well, it. <laughs> I mean, even as a even as a lifelong Star Wars fan, we like really I mean, unless you're like reading legends or reading all these comic yeah. books, we really didn't know that much about her either. And I think I think a really big strength of the show is this show is like the side of Star Wars that I've always wanted to see. Yeah. Um, the well, hero, yeah, the heroes, mean, the hero's journey is like a really big part of right. Star Wars, right? You have like Luke with this, and you have like Luke and Anakin and mm-hmm. these like these like classic you know obsessions with like I'm a special boy right. and like <laughs> I my power comes from the fact yeah. that I know I'm special yeah. and like the Skywalkers and like even with Rey, yeah. who I think is a little bit more dimensional. But, like, even then, it's, like, I'm special, and I know right. I'm special, and I'm different. But well, with this, like, the first five, ten minutes of the first episode is literally Cassian killing two cops. Killing two cops, <laughs> And yeah. so it's, like, yeah. and I was, like, oh. Yeah, this I'm, is where I'm sacked yeah. because this is, like, <laughs> this is this is what I have been dying to see. Well, this show that tells you, like, this is what it takes to start a revolution. Yeah, no, I, I like, as, you know, somebody with a limited star wars experience and somebody who really fell off of the sequel trilogy because i really liked the force awakens and and just fell off so hard after that um i was so tired in this big big galaxy far far away that we're talking about the same dozen people over and over and over again uh and and everybody is in connection to these same dozen people so it was really awesome to see not only new characters but new locations we're not on dagobah or tatooine we spend some time on Coruscant, but not much. 
we see all of like what what general life was like for humanoids in this galaxy before the first order yeah. which i think is such a valuable perspective to have because and this is a point that that many people um have pointed out in in you know analysis of this show so far but like when we get to the point of the original trilogy our heroes get to be heroes because of all of the work that's happening in this tv show because of all the people that die and fight we were literally <laughs> right before we came back on listening to Stellan Skarsgård's speech as yeah, Luthen um in episode 10 in episode 10 uh where he's saying you know the the, the personal cost to himself where he's saying I've had to leave behind kindness and love and empathy I've made my mind a sunless place um like Luke and Leia and Han didn't have to do that because it, the work had already been done for them. All they had to do was, you know, blow up the Death Star. And so um, it's just, it's it's very, very cool seeing these like seeds of revolution, the seeds of hope. Also one of the most quotable pieces of content I've ever seen in my life. Like literally instantly iconic stuff, never more than 12, one way out. Uh, all I can think about is a prison break because I literally just watched that episode again last night. <laughs> but I mean, we were just talking before we even started recording this morning about um, the the new droid that we're introduced to in this show, B two Emo. Um, and and I, you know, said like the minute I saw this droid rumbling across the the ground in Barracks, I was like, I'm not getting attached to a droid. I, I did with K2SO. I was burned. You know, I can't do this again. And then they gave this tiny little red droid a stutter because he's old and he can't hold a charge. And I'm literally going to start crying talking about this stupid robot. And then in the last episode, he says, <laughs> Cassian always, Cassian Cassian always comes, comes back. back. He always finds his way back. Um, and yeah, and again, like we're talking about everything everywhere all at once in this core of like kindness and empathy and the connections that you have to other people. And I think that that's also the strength of showing us a place like Ferrix where... You know, it's it's a rough and tumble life. You know, it's it's people don't like Cassian. He scams them out of their money and he sleeps with their sisters. And uh, but but they're there for each other. And and uh, Marva, Cassian's mother, always has the support, always has people looking out for her. The wall of gloves as a set design piece is so amazing. Speaks so many volumes to what life looks like here. Um, The anvil, uh, a timekeeper, uh, the belts clanging. It sounds like a reckoning. And even, even we could literally have a whole episode we could, about this. We probably will, actually. Even we like, probably will. Even the ISB things with oh, yeah. Deidre and Deidre. Cyril. And it's like, it's that stuff terrifying. is so... There's such... I think I think sometimes in genre stuff, especially in superhero stuff, there's such an obsession with, like, you have to like the character. Yeah. And um, I was listening to The Watch. Shout out The Watch at The Ringer Podcast Network. But <laughs> Shout out The Ringerverse in general. <laughs> they were talking about... Um, they're talking about how it seems like a show where like you can see that nobody had any notes like like no yeah. no execs were like pushing notes yeah. on there because every time there's something where you're like that person is so unlikable the show is like okay and yeah. they're like we don't yeah. we don't give a fuck like just, yeah and it's <laughs> like scene. yeah and it's it's makes for such good storytelling and yeah it's just yeah it's I, just like the I I think I think when the show comes back it's gonna have like a huge it's going to be even bigger right then because it was kind of like a it was kind of like a quiet premiere yeah like, i literally yeah. didn't even start watching it until a couple weeks ago yeah like is this kind of a quiet premiere but i think when it comes back for season two it's going to be like this well and it's thing. only two seasons right yeah there's only yeah. gonna i think there's only gonna be two seasons because the next season is like gonna be the next four years right. in cassian's life leading up to rogue one right and it's just it's so good and it's a perfect season of television and it's a perfect like it's literally just, it's literally watch it like i don't care if you don't care about star wars and nicholas Bertel did the music oh it's such a good score it's such a good score moonlight succession if bill street could talk I, like oh power doesn't panic uh power doesn't I'm, panic i'm thinking more close now i yeah it's it's incredible it's amazing and all the performances are brilliant it's yeah it's my we probably will do year. just a whole episode on that because i have more to say but i know that we're short on yeah. time but uh, should we go back over our our top ten lists uh, just uh, to summarize? Yeah. Real quick. Or, uh, or, or do you want to do honorable mentions? Oh, of course. Um, cool. You want to go first? Yeah. So my honorable mentions, I have Prey, which is yeah. the uh, prequel to the Predator movies. Um, really good. Rings of Power is on there. Wendell and Wild, uh, the animated Netflix movie that Jordan Peele produced. Pokemon Legends Arceus, which consumed like three months <laughs> of my life and is all I played earlier this year. 
um, Peacemaker, which is super, it kind of fell under the radar, but it's James yeah, Gunn's it. spinoff of his Suicide Squad movie. Mm-hmm. It's about the character Peacemaker. It's like actually funny. <laughs> it's like one of the funniest shows, I think. And like as a superhero show, it's it's pretty solid, I think. And then Stranger Things season four, even though I Forgot that happened didn't like, I didn't like love the last two episodes, but like yeah, it was pretty solid. solid. Yeah. I was like, a, I was like kind solid. of like into it. Yeah. I was like, this, this rocks. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, um, cool. Yeah. My honorable mentions. I also have Prey and Wendell and Wild. Um, I also included Bones and All, the Utility Chalamet and, uh, Taylor Russell, Russell, Russell. Uh, <laughs> movie that came out a couple months ago. Um, I have Starstruck, which is another Dimension 20 show based on Brenly Mulligan's mother, Elaine Mulligan. A Starstruck Odyssey. Uh, Starstruck Odyssey comics. Um, I have the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie that came out this summer. Um, and one that I'm surprised you didn't have, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, oh, yeah. uh, the movie that came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are my mentions. Cool. Uh, do you want to do just a quick recap of our top 10 in general? Yeah. Um, so from 10 to 1? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had Chainsaw Man, number 9, Saga returning to publication this year, number 8, The, uh, the Batman, number 7, uh, Dimension 20, The Court of Fame Flowers, number 6 was My Wild Card, the Percy Jackson teaser trailer. Five, House of the Dragon season one. Number four, The Boys season three. Two, God, uh, I can't count. Number three, God of War Ragnarok. Number two, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And number one, Andor. Cool, yeah. Uh, number 10, Chainsaw Man. Number nine, Severance. Eight, House of the Dragon. Seven was my wild card, the defunct land, Disney Channel's theme, A History, uh, History Mystery, and H-Bomber Guys, Roblox underscore oof.mp3. Uh, six was Batman, five was A Court of Fame Flowers, four, Nope, three, Rings of Power, two, Andor, and number one, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Amazing. And those are our favorites from those, the year 2022. Top 10 of 2022. Yeah. This is our first episode yeah. of the pod. I'm really excited to yeah. see what else we do. Same. Uh, we'll definitely do more like deep dives on content yeah. and stuff going forward. But um, yeah. Great. Honestly, truly, it has been it's been so much fun. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will see y'all in 2022. Thanks for Happy listening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs>